Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great day. Small request, if after listening to or watching the video, you find you enjoyed it or learned something, do me a favor, smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. Now, let's dig in. Suffolk County prosecutors now want to collect a formal DNA sample from suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Heuerman. They're asking the court to get a buccal or cheek swab from him. That's the same type of swab the authorities took from Brian Koberger when they arrested him at his parents' house in Pennsylvania. The prosecutors already have a DNA link to Hewerman, and that's from a hair of his that was found on the body of victim Megan Waterman. According to the assistant district attorney Michelle Haddad, quote, if the defendant's DNA from a buccal swab sample matches the mitochondrial DNA profile, developed from Megan Waterman's remains, there is scientific evidence of the defendant's contact, not only with Ms. Waterman and where her remains were discovered, but also with the burlap utilized to restrain and transport her human remains. Specifically, it is expected this information would provide relevant evidence of the defendant's identity as the perpetrator of these crimes, end quote. There's a couple things to note there. One, Haddad said that the burlap was used not only to wrap Megan Waterman's remains, but also to restrain her. So it sounds like some pieces of that burlap were used as a restraint and I've heard that before. Second thing is that it sounds like if they can tie Hewerman to the burlap, then they can tie him to the same burlap that was used on the other three Gilgo Beach victims. I'm speculating about that, but that's what the wording says to me. Hewerman was charged because of phone records, eyewitness accounts, that would be the friend of Amber Costello, who saw Hewerman, and a DNA match from a discarded pizza crust and a napkin near Hewerman's office in Midtown Manhattan. Per the New York Times, that sample from the pizza crust was slightly degraded from being exposed to the elements, but it was a mitochondrial match to a hair found in burlap used to wrap Waterman's body before it was dumped on Gilgo Beach. The state Supreme Court Justice Timothy Mazai said he will give Hewerman's lawyers until next week to file a response to the DA's request for a cheek swab. I'm surprised they have to ask Hewerman's lawyers for the swab. In the Brian Koberger case, once they had a search warrant for his arrest at his parents' house, they just went in there, arrested him, and took the cheek swab. Well, I misspoke there. They had both a search warrant and an arrest warrant. Why didn't they take the sample from Hewerman the minute they arrested him? And guess what? If the defendant's, meaning Hewerman's, cheek swab doesn't match the DNA profile from the pizza crust and the napkin, then Hewerman's defense lawyers 
will suddenly have a potential defense for him. So I did a little research, and it turns out that in New York, when someone is arrested, fingerprints are obtained upon the arrest, but DNA is not. For the prosecutors to obtain a buccal or cheek swab, they have to file a motion with the court. The defendant, in this case Hewerman, is then put on notice of the motion and is represented by his counsel. Argument on the motion is then heard before a judge with an opportunity for both sides to be heard. The standard to obtain a DNA sample in New York is exponentially higher than for getting a fingerprint. Apparently, some courts treat DNA in a very protective manner, and New York is one of them. New York is said to maintain a higher standard in obtaining a DNA sample than many other states who collect DNA upon arrest like they did in Pennsylvania. I guess in New York, they look at an arrested defendant as being presumed innocent at that stage because he hasn't had a trial and he hasn't been convicted of the crime. The argument is that he or she should not have his or her constitutional rights and privacy expectations nullified by the involuntary surrender of DNA. So what I'm taking away from this is that Hewerman, through his lawyer, will be asked to voluntarily submit to a cheek swab. If he doesn't agree, then it sounds like the defense and the prosecution will have to meet in a courtroom before a judge to hash it out. Somehow I can't see Hewerman saying, sure, no problem, take a cheek swab. I don't have anything to hide. I told you all I didn't do this. He has said he's not guilty. So you think he might be willing to offer up the DNA to prove it? But of course, most defense lawyers will say, oh no, do not agree to give any DNA. I've heard that Hewerman's lawyer, by the way, is a seasoned one with more than 25 years of experience who specializes in criminal defense and personal injury. Oh, they are a match made in heaven then, since Hewerman has already filed lawsuits against four different people claiming he sustained injuries after getting hit by their cars. Brown studied law at Boston University and graduated in 1992. He's represented clients involved in felonies and misdemeanors, federal, state, and justice court levels. He's also handled DUIs and first-degree murder charges. Prior to running a private practice, he previously worked as a prosecutor and assistant district attorney for the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office from 1992, the year he graduated, until 1994. Brown has said that when he met Hewerman after his arrest, nothing struck him as unusual about him. Rex Hewerman was articulate, he was intelligent, he was soft-spoken. I don't feel that defense attorneys, by the way, are bad for representing people like Hewerman who are accused of the worst possible crimes. Every American has a right to a fair trial and the chance to defend themselves, and somebody's got to defend them. If the prosecutors really have the evidence that proves someone committed a crime, then the defense usually can only try to poke holes in the evidence, but they won't necessarily succeed. Of course, sometimes jurors get sucked in 
by sneaky defense attorneys and famous defendants like O.J. Simpson, for example. In that case, the prosecution just could not seem to counter the defense's tactics, like if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. And O.J.'s popularity with the jurors, the persona he'd created through his football career, his Avis commercials, and his movies. And there were other reasons as well, like Mark Furman, who helped blow things for the prosecutors. In Hureman's case, I think it's going to be an uphill battle trying to defend him. From the evidence that's been mentioned so far, it seems like he's the right guy. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, smashing the like button is free, and it's such a big help. See you next time.